back once again, everybody, to the Chipman Brothers Tangent. Um, with you, as always, is me, Chris, and... I am Bob. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so, first of all, an, an apology to everybody. Um, I know it's been a couple of months since we've done one of these, and, you know, life happens. Uh, this isn't the only thing on the internet my brother does. It, it's one of the only things I do. Um, but, uh, you know... For now, for now. For now. Um, but I'm, I'm working on that. Um, but uh, life has taken, as you've probably seen from our Twitter accounts, a bit of a uh, interesting and busy turn. Um, and so I thought I'd, uh, Bob and I would kind of as part of a theme and to start um, our podcast uh, this two months later on the 2nd of December in 2017, uh, give you a little bit of insight into what was going on and um, kind of use that to talk about that a little bit and get us back on track so uh um as you probably have seen or may not have seen if you've been following bob and i um and heard us through our various podcasts where we've talked about maybe guardians of the galaxy 2 is one that pops into my head is hitting kind of close to home um our uh our dad um in the past hasn't been doing all that great he's had a he's had a rough uh life in recent years and yeah. um, in early middle September, I guess maybe around the 18th, um, he was in an accident. Um, he yeah. got he got hit by another car. We still don't know the details too much of it. Um, while he was on a moped, and uh, um, he got into the hospital and um, through complications with things that uh, he might have treated himself all that well in his earlier life. In complications from that accident, he uh, he passed away on the um, 16th of October. And so uh, about a month went by. Yeah. We had recorded a podcast in the middle of that. Didn't really divulge too much of this. But uh, that's kind of what's been going on um, on top of the holiday season beginning um, during all of that. So I uh, um, wanted to share that with you guys. Yeah, um, Bob, I don't know, aside from the direction I kind of want to take it from that where you, uh, where you might want to go or say with that, but, um, I don't know if I covered it all. No, I think you, uh, I, I think you covered, uh, what happened, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's been sort of the long and short of it. It hasn't been the, the only thing that has kept us from getting back into the swing of this, but, uh, that, that was, as I'm sure most of you can imagine, a, a pretty big deal and, uh, really kind of, uh, you know, what, what time we had, uh, you know, had to go to self-care and uh, time with loved ones and uh, working that out. Uh, this was not something that we had expected to deal with. Uh, we uh, we had been, to various degrees, uh, dealing with helping our father through a, a, some difficult times, difficult health, and a lot of setbacks. And, uh, uh, you know, it uh, went, uh, you know, to the place that it unfortunately sometimes goes and uh and it was uh it was it was a really uh a rough time and uh yeah that's that's so uh that's part of why you haven't uh, heard one of these for a little while and uh we uh you know i i imagine that's understood but uh, i i hope that that's understood and we are uh working hard to get back on track with this project because we we enjoy it and it's good for uh you know stress relief and such and therapy um and so yes, and so therapy. with yeah 
with that to give you guys kind of a gist, you know, we're we're a very close family. Um, we grew up in in Lynn, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. which is yeah. where I live, um, and my brother lives in Revere, which is one or two towns over. And so, me, my brother, and my sister, and yeah. our mom and dad, and a lot of our family are very close. So this wasn't like you know a a long distance thing where we hadn't been seeing a lot of each other. Um, and so the, the new normal sets in. So, uh, as, as, um, we've been kind of strangely, this podcast has always had a, a rest in peace for a, a famous person or, or somebody in geek culture or whatever that we didn't really know that well. Um, this particular podcast, we're going to dedicate to our dad. Um, so, uh, dedicated to Pete yeah. Chipman. Um, Hopefully you guys know him a bit by knowing Bob and I um, uh, through this. Um, and so I kind of wanted to start this. I saw Bob post on Twitter the other day. I think Russell Crowe, was it, had um, teased a potential uh, further adventures of the crew from, um, what is the name of that movie? Master uh, and Commander. Master and the, Commander. and uh, The the Aubrey Matron novels. Yes. And, and so that... It, it, it's a good place to start for me because our, our dad seemed to inherit um, even through our childhood. And I'll get to that. I think we've even touched on it before, but you know, master and commander is, is like star Trek on the sea, right? That, that's yeah. how, how yeah. I took that movie. And you had posted how, you know, damn the poetic justice, you know, a, a month after our, our father passes away or, or a few weeks that R- Russell Crowe, you know, teases the idea that they could make a sequel to one of his favorite movies ever. Um, yeah. So our, our dad, especially in his, his later years, would, would latch on to these movies and just play them on a constant loop. Um, and, you know, even when he was, uh, I'll say the words, healthier and better in our childhood, I mean, I, I remember that growing up, right, Bob? You know, there'd be a, a movie of the week almost yeah. that he would have recorded off HBO yeah. that would just play all day, whether it was The Last Starfighter or Flight of the Navigator or... Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, a particular love, Rocky. Um, and so, you know... Exactly, yeah. You, you know, but before getting into current things, you know, I, I thought maybe sharing with our, you know, kind of therapy and new normal of dealing with this. You know, Bob and I... I was thinking the other day, this this whole movie thing, especially, you know, where it, with, with you, you know, we'd stay up late, you'd share movies late on TV, but that didn't really start with me and you. That That started with dad and and mom and dad had this video collection of long extended play vhs's and he you'd get six hours three (laughs) three two hour long movies whether they were recorded off of tv 38's movie of the week all edited for tv like the only version of jaws 2 i ever saw or um so there's people listening to this that might have shared this childhood upbringing but bob and i um, you know, our, our parents wanted what was best for us. And we went to parochial school, Catholic school. And we've, we've touched on that, that that was good to varying degrees and bad to more so, but, um, there's a culture. Well, with that, you you right? got to leave after a while. I, I, I know. Well, I, I basically told them I wasn't you, you... going to go to school anymore if I didn't get out, but, but <laughs> I want to, to go back to the, the childhood part of it. Um, there's right, a camaraderie yeah. to that. Yeah. There's a community, right? You're, in order for us to go to school, mom had to do things like work bingo or else our tuition would go up, mm-hmm. you know? And so on Wednesday yeah. nights, once or twice a month, when mom would watch bingo, especially before our sister was born, it was boys night, right? And so mm-hmm. yeah. this is where you got to see 
Caddyshack or Cheech and Chong without the parts mum didn't want us to see fast forwarded through. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, right. this, this, this sharing, and again, you know, I've said this before, I feel dad had all the classics, right. And, and, and I made a joke the other day uh, and the classics, I'm talking like the seventies, eighties, nineties, like geek cinema, you know, not necessarily, you know, Casablanca in his repertoire, yeah. but more, you know, um, what I always found interesting is I told someone the other day I hadn't seen Blade Runner till recently because for some reason dad just missed the boat on Blade Runner. And and I realized that that was because yeah. it was more of a popularity thing with the type of movies he had. You know, it's the Animal Houses, the American Graffitis, Caddyshack, Star Wars, Star Trek, Eddie and the Cruisers. You know, these kind of movies. It wasn't like the, you know, the movie that didn't right. do well, <laughs> you, you know. Um, you're not going to see Buckaroo mm -hmm. Banzai. Well, he had a, he had a few like Eddie. Well, no, but like Eddie and the Cruisers was was a movie that was not popular until it was on video, but that he really liked. Well, it was the music, you know, and uh, it was... know, so there were. Yeah, right. Well, there were a couple of those. Like, uh, like D Dad was one of those guys who really liked Turk One Eighty Two. Yes. Yeah. There, there are certain people our age, I imagine, will relate to this, that there are certain movies that were like, you know, guys, dad movies that were not actually uh, a big thing in movie theaters, but right. uh, became like a huge thing on uh, on video, specifically with uh, men, you know, of, of that generation with uh, video collections. Like, this was not necessarily my experience, but I know so many guys who whose fathers were obsessed with the movie The Great Santini. Yes. Yeah. Now, see, you, you've met these guys, right? Oh, this oh is yeah. Like a movie that, like, is... It, oh, yeah. The the Great Santini. Which is fine. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good enough movie. <laughs> the Great Santini. Yeah. So, so, yeah, with that, you know, I, I, I kind of just rattled off a bunch. But, Bob, is there is there something particularly... I, I mean, I have a few that I could delve into but like you know a fond memory of like a movie you know whether it was when we were younger i mean you know you could go through the various fraggle rock episodes we all watched together and dark yeah, crystal yeah. but um you know is, is there something you know in particular that uh you know you might want to talk about like movie wise like sticks out oh the uh the last starfighter definitely oh yeah yeah which is another one, not a hit movie in theaters, but a big movie on video and a big, uh, a big thing with, uh, you know, the, the, the gamer set, you know, uh, which is, this is a, this is a great movie. Oh, it's an but, amazing uh, movie. If you haven't it, seen it, it how did you find us? <laughs> well, you know, it, although this is not, I'm finding, uh, the, the, like the, the cultural presence of this sort of dropped off after a little while because the, the thing that was like kept it famous originally was that this was the first movie that did all of its outer space special effects in CGI. True. And true. And it look and it looks like it because half of it is live action and then it goes into space and it looks like a like a work print from Toy Story. Right. But uh but it's but it's awesome because it's well made and directed and this was, you know, the the first stab at this and the first stab at like ILM looking at the guys who did this and said Oh, holy shit! Maybe we should get in on this computer stuff. This might be what's where it's going. And, and I love and, the uh, idea that it was made at a time where arcade games and everything were still kind of alien to the full culture. You know, it's yeah, it's kind of yeah. like the 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 teenager that can go and be great at that game is is a bit of a is an outlier instead of the norm, right? 
And well, yeah, yeah. And so, like, the fact that an alien would use a game to be a uh, a way to get people to come and be part of their intergalactic war um, yeah. makes even more sense in that context, right? Because yeah. that guy's kind of a loner yeah. off on his own doing something that's not normal. Yeah, ju- just, in, just in case, because there probably are people listening who don't know this, the premise of The Last Starfighter, very briefly, is that there's this, uh, it's basically the first Star Wars, but starting from Luke's point of view and partly set on regular Earth. Right. Regular like Midwest America Earth at like in a yeah, trailer it, park. Yeah, there's there's this like trailer park in the middle of nowhere. I think it's supposed to be like northern Michigan or something. I think you're right. Yeah, but but it it because there was a certain period where every like movie either took place in Los Angeles or Chicago because that's where all the Los SNL Angeles, Chicago come from. Detroit or northern Michigan. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. And uh, so. The, the, this is a, a young guy. He's he's living in a a trailer park. He wants to uh, go off to college, and he wants to make something of himself. And he keeps getting rejection letters, and his life sucks. Like he's he's literally doing the the on Earth version of Luke Skywalker, standing outside and looking up at the stars, and you y- you know where this is going. And the the main thing that he kills his time with because there's nothing like this is pre internet. Uh, rural American living, so there's nothing for him to do, and he uh, plays this this one random arcade game called Starfighter that is that looks like Star Fox before Star Fox, basically. And yeah. he and and he is really good at this game. And the night after he gets his most recent rejection letter, that was like his last chance to to get the hell out of here, he goes and just plays the shit out of the game and just destroys it and, you know, beats the game and gets the high score. And it's a, a big thing. And it's like, oh, okay, fine. And then this mystery man played by, uh, it's Robert Preston, right? I believe it is, yeah. So this alien shows up. And it's played by Robert Preston, as as was said, and uh, the alien, uh, you know, who, and it's just Robert Preston doing the music man again. Uh, he's got like a dumpy trench coat and he has a flying car and he tells this kid, so here's the deal. This video game called Starfighter, I made this game and I'm an alien from space who recruits people to come up and fly, not the X-Wing. <laughs> and get into and, and, and join like that. This is how we find new pilots to become starfighters, and by beating this game, you have now qualified to come do that. It's and, so and freaking awesome. The, that's the first like fifteen to twenty minutes of this. Yeah, and and it, it has like this really great score, and it's exactly as like eighties cheesy as it sounds because that's that's really kind of of it. It has this, you know, there's there's plot stuff that happens that lead to him being the last starfighter, and. Uh, there's like this like second act thing that they keep cutting back to where they've replaced him on Earth with a robot duplicate of himself, so no one knows he's gone, but the robot doesn't totally work. And the little brother and, starts and figuring uh, like it out. Comedy misadventures that they can cut to when the space stuff gets to be too much. Yep. Yeah. It's uh it's 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 a good movie. And I remember what's weird is like that's I mean, if if you know me, you know I love I love video games and whatnot. And you know, like dad played video games, he had like an Atari, but it wasn't like a huge deal in his life, but he really, really was into this movie, which, you know, speaking out that premise, uh, makes a lot of sense that this would be something that he would, you know, connect with and want to share. 
Right. And I, I you know, I, who know, I, I didn't have a lot of uh, friends with similar interests uh, growing up until at least I was in high school. So I, it's possible I wouldn't have seen this movie if he hadn't decided to show it to me. It's true. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking the same thing with um, Flight of the Navigator. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and maybe that's an yeah, even that was, that more was obscure movie. one. Uh, do you know more about the cultural Im- impact of that one? Like, I uh, I don't really know if... The, was that even as big as The Last Starfighter? Uh, it wasn't... I don't know what... Uh, like, The Last Starfighter, I recall, was not like a giant thing in theaters. Like, it, it did all right, but it wasn't like a huge, huge hit. Yeah. It, it was sort of like a, a mid-level 80s movie that then you know, because of the premise, became a huge deal. And, uh, you know, I think the, the Ready Player One guy wrote a book that's, like, basically an unofficial sequel, which uh, uh called Armada, which I did not care for. Yeah, I, I haven't but, read uh, Ready Player One yet. You know, that's, that's another... We can talk about that when Ready Player One is out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot going yeah. on there. Um, yeah. I'm sure there will be, but, uh, yeah, well, Flight of the Navigator um, is... Yeah, I remember that one. Well, that was contemporary. Like, that was... Like, The Last Starfighter had was on video and was able to be shown to me by Dad by the time I saw it. But, like, The Flight of the Navigator was contemporary. Like, you know, like, I think he and Mom had seen that one in theaters, possibly. Yeah, that and, was... Uh, that wasn't... They were both Disney properties, right? Uh, no, The Last Starfighter uh, was a... Uh, I think was a Fox movie. Oh, okay. Okay. It was it was it was like it was one of those like semi independent eighties movies that had like a studio but didn't. Interesting. Because it was it wasn't a hugely expensive movie, but yes, Flight of the Navigator was a big big Disney movie. It was uh, it was one of those. There was that period when very briefly Disney was trying to be more like the other studios uh, in the very beginning of the eighties. And they, they said, okay, we need to make things that are genre movies that are a little dark, but a little not dark. And, like, you know, they made, like, three in a row. They did Something Wicked This Way Comes, Tron, and The Black Hole. Right. All of which are flawed but interesting. Yes, they are. And and all of which were colossal, massive box office disasters that almost bankrupted and destroyed the studio and uh, got everyone in management fired, and led to the age of Eisenberg and Katz, uh, uh, Eisner and Katzenberg and, and such, and the Disney Renaissance. When they said, "No, we're we're going to do the the '90s version of what worked in the '30s," because trying to to be Amblin is not working for us. But there were still a couple projects like that that still got made, and Flight of the Navigator was one of them. And uh, how long has it been since you've watched Flight of the Navigator? Oh God, we were probably both still living at home. I mean, this yeah. was this was a like once a week movie mm. for you and I. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, what's what's wild about Flight of the Navigator is, and uh, you know, you you should. By the way, I I would recommend people watch this because I have watched it recently because it was on, and uh, it is even more unusual than I remember. Hmm. And it's it well, and it's it's very much one of those you know eighties family sci fi movies where it's. There's a lot of movies like that that are kind of one half, you know, a kid's movie that wants to be a kid's movie and be dancey and have pop songs and wacky creatures and comedy and, you know, uh, a smart alecky kid and be very kid appeal, but also have like a serious grown up sci-fi component. Uh, 
the, the what's weird about those movies is they usually sort of like they chop that up throughout the movie so it's like serious scene wacky scene serious scene wacky scene flight of the navigator uh, for those of you because this is pretty obscure at this point every once in a while they say they're going to remake it and then they don't uh but <laughs> fl- fl- but flight of the navigator the, the premise of this movie is it it starts out in like 1974 or something and it's Fred Savage, and uh, he is a young kid, and he's a bit of a dick, and he has a younger brother, and, you know, parents, and they're they're out for, like, a picnic one day, and Fred Savage gets, like, lost in the woods, and there's a flash of white light, and he is found, for him, several hours later, by, he, he basically goes home to his parents, and he walks in the door, and his parents are ten years older, his younger brother is now in his 20s, and somehow he has bounced forward in time like 20 years. And he's all freaked yeah, it's out. bonkers. And, it's, and this is played completely seriously. Like, oh, completely seriously. Yeah. Gotta correct you on one thing. Um, it wasn't Fred yeah. Savage. It wasn't? Who it was, was Joey it? Kramer. Joey Kramer. Oh, shit. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm that, sorry. I'm, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, so that was... Uh, that You're was thinking of The though. Wizard. I am thinking of the wizard. Holy shit. well, young Joey Kramer looked like uh, he did. Savage. I was, I, I, I was, I just had to fact check that while we were talking because I, I was wow, going okay. along with you. I think we can just keep that as a break. Uh, that's fine. yeah, no, we can. Yeah, uh, sorry, Mr. Kramer. Um, you know, as as a young child, you did look an awful lot like uh, Fred Savage. <laughs> so, uh, so, sorry about that. But uh, so any anyway, so so the kid. It eventually comes out that the kid was abducted by a flying saucer and they have the flying saucer at area 51 basically so the government comes and collects the kid and they're examining him and they're examining the spaceship because they think the kid might be able to open the spaceship because when when he goes near it it kind the spaceship is like made of liquid metal yeah like and it's like the it's like a really the, cool like pre t1000 effect that they yeah did it was it. like the yeah, it's the early version of, of the liquid metal special effects thing, and it looks gorgeous. And uh, uh, this was, uh, yeah, this was uh, the Trimaxian drone ship, it's called. And uh, so th- all throughout this, the, the, the kid is in the facility, and he's lost, you know, all these years of his life, and now his younger brother is now his adult brother, and he doesn't, you know, the, the you know, 80s culture is freaking him out, and it's, it's this is all played like a, like this, I'm describing this to you and this probably sounds like a serious drama and that's what this movie is for about like an hour to about 45 minutes of the movie and then he gets on the spaceship and there is a uh, like the, the, the robot drone that drives the spaceship basically it's voiced by Paul uh, Rubens it's voiced by Paul Rubens eventually and and it, and it was a surprise because he's credited as like Paul Mall in, in the movie uh, so, so to, to keep the mystique up. So the kid gets on the spaceship, and the, the idea here is that this spaceship had been flying around the universe on autopilot, collecting samples of biological life from around the universe. One of them was the kid, and something happened while on the, the trip that caused the ship to crash and lose him. Uh, and it was traveling through time, of course, the speed of light, so that's why the kid hasn't aged. And the navigation codes to get it back on track are in the kid's head. So he is the navigator, so hence the title. So he gets in the spaceship, and the spaceship takes off, and he's trying to basically figure out how to make the spaceship 
take him back through time to the point when he left so he can have his life back and get away from these NASA guys that want to basically experiment on him forever to find all of the space stuff that's in his head. And about literally, I think it's exactly an hour into the movie. I could be wrong. The, the alien tries to like, you know, interface with his head and instead downloads like earth popular culture. And suddenly the talking spaceship, which previously sounded like Hal, basically. Yes. Now, right now sounds exactly like Pee Wee Herman and is making pop culture references and shows off all of the other, you know, animal creatures that are in the ship and they're all little puppets. And it turns into a wacky comedy where this kid, it's literally like, like, an like a really good, not scary, kind of sad X-Files episode midway through turns into like a Shrek movie. Yeah, it's hysterical. Yeah, it's wild. And and as a kid, this would fuck you up because you're like, you know, the first hour of this is like, man, this is this, this is like that movie uh, Daryl when the kid was a cyborg. Where <laughs> yes. It was all, like, where it was like, because it, it it's almost like this, it's like E.T. in reverse because this movie, it, it's like if E.T. somehow opened with Dark. the guys in the hazmat suits kicking in the door and then tracked back to the kids playing Dungeons and Dragons and fucking around and showing E.T. the, the, the action figures and stuff. <laughs> You know, and it's, it's bizarre, but it's kind of really memorable. And I remember, I, yeah, I remember that, uh, that, 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 that I remember that, that either dad had seen the trailer for that or he'd seen it on TV or they might've gone to the theaters with people and, and seen that. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure and, how, uh, it, yeah. and this is the kind of thing I wanted to touch on is I, mm. it's almost by random chance, you, you know, uh, yeah. not random chance, but like that was a staple that yeah. movie Yeah, that, mm. you know, and and so that, you know, dad, maybe it's the space. I mean, Star Trek when from fast forward to the future a little bit when from from the Earth to the moon came on HBO. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was like, I mean, dad's obsession with NASA and space is just was unparalleled. And so, yeah, my, my movie of similar, you know, remembrance is Space Camp. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, you know, and it's funny. I yeah. haven't watched it in a long time, so I, I I only remember my childhood reaction. But let let me see if if I have the synopsis of this from like my eight year old brain that watched it last, because this was one that he sure. would he would make us watch, right? You know, right, this yeah. is yeah. But but like right, a bunch of kids are like at a space camp, and there's a robot that befriends one of the kids, and the kids are yeah. on like the spaceship, like doing like a practice drill. And the yeah. robot sends them into space, right? Yes. Is that that yeah. that, that basically what happens, right? <laughs> and then yeah, they have to yeah, they have to use what they've learned to pilot themselves back to Earth. Yeah, yeah. It's this this space camp is is sort of notorious. Uh, this he's describing the premise exactly. It's it's a it's like a gravity camp. with children, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it, it you know it's a uh, it it it's like. A camp movie, like a going off to camp movie, but set at the NASA space camp and the diverse in age, race and gender group of kids and their one uh, teacher character, uh, who, of course, was based on the teacher that was going to that at the time was going up in the Challenger uh, spacecraft that was a huge deal. Uh, they accidentally get launched into space on the ship and have to do actual NASA astronaut stuff to figure out how to survive and make the spaceship land again. Uh, it 
supposedly once had an, an alternate ending where they don't think they're going to get saved and then the computers turn back on and it lands and they are saved by the Soviet space camp. Yes, I, re- I remember that, hearing about that. Which, which would have been the ending, but then they couldn't do that. And this movie was planned to be a giant hit. It was, uh, you know, a, a big movie. They had like a, a couple, you know, big and future big uh, actors in this Uh you know, that was, uh, yeah, Kate Capshaw. Yep, Kate Capshaw yep, yep. is in this. She's the, um, you know, Leah Thompson, Kelly Preston, uh, Leigh Phoenix, uh, Tom Skerritt uh, are all are all in the film. And uh, it had the misfortune to basically, it was set to open uh, what turned out to be, you know, only five months after Challenger. Yes. And nobody, and, and nobody wanted to see a space movie. Uh. So it, it kind of went out, and it's... I, I have I think I saw this again like two years ago. I think this might have screened at the Coolidge or some such, and it it holds up pretty decently for for you know a movie of of this premise and vintage and uh, you know not bad special effects and a pretty decent John Williams score. Yeah, it, it's just yeah. that that one sticks with me, you know, and and yeah. you know bouncing off of that, I mean, we've gone to depths with our you know Batman versus Superman discussions, but you know I, I was a Superman kid. I I yes, had my mom. Mom actually just showed me she still has my Superman costume with the Velcro cape. Oh She's, wow! Yeah, that that kind of broke my brain a little bit. But um, oh jeez, I used to wear that, and we used Dad, you know, with the Richard Donner Superman movies with Christopher Reeve were uh, yeah, were will be hard for me to watch now. Um, but uh, mm, but that mm. um, you know, that was another big part, and you know, the the list goes on. I, there's Jaws. I saw Jaws the first time when I was probably six. Yeah. <laughs> you know, The Shining. Probably not much older than that. You know, yeah. um, it, it just it it's great to reminisce about that. And I had never really put really put two and two together. Um, you know that that's 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 kind of how we connect it. You mm, know, yeah. Um, and I'm not even sure if that was his intention. You know what I mean? It just that that became like a family thing. I mean, we. He'd bring home pizza on Friday night. We'd watch movies, right? Yeah, and then he'd record them. I, I mean, we're talking the we're talking the yeah. era where you couldn't get a George Lucas or a Steven Spielberg movie on VHS. You had to rent it. But yeah, but Dad loved making bootleg copies of them. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> you know, so so we ended up having them. Yeah. Um, no, I remember our our not very well recorded copy of ET we always had, where the movie looked yes. a lot darker than it even was. Yeah, I don't think I actually saw what E.T. looked like in E.T. until I was a teenager. Yeah, right? Oh, that's wild. But, you know, um, well, be- the- well, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, be- because E.T. is, you know, another of those movies that, you know, it's an 80s movie, but still looked a little bit like a 70s movie. So, like, the the interiors, you know, like, Spielberg is still, he's he's doing the, uh, you know, the light streaming into darkness thing that, you know, yes. was like the hallmark of the time, but he's doing it with like natural lighting. So it's just the lights are always off in these people's house. <laughs> yep. It, it doesn't and, show yeah. more. I mean, I mean, now looking at that on Blu-ray, every shot of the movie looks like a goddamn painting. I mean, it worked, but I'd never seen it in my life in a theater to appreciate the nuance of that. It was always just bad right. VHS copies. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, e- yeah, E.T. and Star Wars are like the two, the original Star Wars, the the two, uh, you know, 80, you know, 
movies that are thought of as, you know, like 80s blockbuster movies, even though, you know, one came out in the late 70s, but they, they still feel a little bit like 70s movies. Yes. Yes, very much so. Yeah. But whereas you like, you get to Empire Strikes Back and suddenly it's like, oh, nope, the 80s are here. The <laughs> yeah, 80s and they're like, not, yeah. and we're never going back. Yep, yep. It's a, it's, it's decidedly, it has decided, or like Indiana Jones, like the, the first Indiana Jones, there's no trace of... 70s kid uh you know like Spielberg and Lucas in there like they are they are fully evolved into the adult versions of themselves yes S- such as they are oh Indiana Jones that's another one on the list yeah 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 those are yeah. important they are they are and all three of them yeah all three of them mm-hmm. and that's all there all are three. that's all mm-hmm. there are bob unless they make another one there are only there three well, if they if they make another one, it's possible that there might be four. I tried to revisit that not fourth one, um, recently, yeah. and it it it's even worse. Uh, yeah, it does not. It, uh, it makes me uh, unhappy. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not uh, it's not great. No, it's it's a mess. Um, it's, but it, yeah, you know, as we usually let the tangent go on a tangent. I I want to uh, yeah, I won't. I want to you know, be able to move into kind of nowadays. But that was just kind of to let people know what was going on. So I'll, I'll end that yes. and just saying that you know I I'll miss my dad for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. And I really it was great being able to talk about him with you. And I hope uh, I hope you guys get a little something from that. Get a little more insight. And uh, like I said, it, it's not an excuse. It's just letting you know. And um, we hope to uh, continue on with um, the show, <laughs> as it were. Right, yeah. Bob. Exactly. So, so with that in mind, we, we transport to today. Um, and, uh, as you might expect, um, in, with a daughter that's now two years old, um, she just turned two when we recorded the, uh, last podcast. Um, yeah, that's right. But she's, you know, a ripe two year old now, um, being crazy. Um, I don't have time to see too many movies, but Bob does that for his living. So. We'll do the normal thing where we go back into the movies Chris hasn't seen um, standpoint and talk about to the Nazi party, Kevin Smith, um, as it were. Um, so uh, I think the only thing I've seen in the theater since we talked last was Jigsaw. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I guess I guess I'll start with talking about that. Um, yeah. y- you either like these movies for what they are or you don't. There, I don't think there's any middle ground. I think the the first soft film, and and I I watched them all through, um, again, um, because you know it, it was cool having one come out every year, right? In in our adult yeah. lifetimes, we weren't really in the movie going age to have a real horror franchise, right? We had Scream. There was only a couple of them, you know what I mean? We didn't really have. Mm-hmm. Like, we weren't there from the beginning of Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, right? So it was cool to be there from the beginning of, of a phenomena like that, right? You know? And um, and Saw, Saw, the first Saw is a fantastic version of what it is. It's it's very dated. Um, It's definitely an early 2000s movie watching it now with, like, the new metal score and everything on there. Um, And then the second one, the second one's just fantastic. Yep. Right? Is, is that kind of a, an agreed-upon thing? Between at least you and I, that Saw Two is just like a really good version of what they were trying to pull off. Yeah, I think Saw Two is good. I think Saw One is good. I do. I agree. It just I feel Saw yeah. Two even cap- it capitalized more because it, it felt fresh. It's like, oh, cool. We have a 
we have another cool twist for you. You know what I mean? And, and, and I thought that was cool. It gets really dodgy in number three and four. And, and I, I think I felt less like this when I saw them the first time. You know, we were getting them once a year. But the problem with the third through the seventh one, in particularly in the third and fourth one, is they look like a really low budget, like police pre- procedural TV show. Like the yep. light, the lighting has like a CSI by way of daytime TV kind of thing going for it that really looks cheap. And, and they were cheap movies, but the first and second saws didn't look cheap. Do you know what I mean? They were, but they yeah. didn't look it. And mm-hmm. the third and fourth movie made this visceral mistake. Now, these movies are, I mean, there's no way to avoid the torture porn thing. I mean, it is what they will always be. There, there's no way to get away from that. But the third and fourth movie, there's nothing interesting about what's going on. It, it, like, in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, Friday the 13th, yeah, you're rooting for the killer, but at some point there's a good character you want to see get away. Or there's, in the Saw movies, the first and second one, there's a moral code to it, right? As long as you yeah. know the person always has a way out, the gore and the nastiness kind of has less of a less of a nasty impact and more of a... Um, exciting are they going to get out like like going to a race you know kind of a thing the third and fourth movie they did that kind of lazy subplot which they explain away later we were doing this the whole time the girl just you know got too caught up in it and her traps were inescapable and she was just a vile person and he was just trying to catch her the whole time you know or whatever yeah, prove a yeah. point. but it feels lazy and it makes everything in those movies just it's it's nasty for nasty's sake and there's no um entertainment to it I guess would be right. the right word. But then you get back into the fifth and sixth one and they kind of put that life and in- health insurance angle and everything in. Yeah. And like all of a yeah. sudden the is movie it, has it, a voice again, you know? Yeah. Is is it five or six that suddenly decides that Saw has actually been about Obamacare the whole time? I think it's the end of five, but it's definitely it, well, number six. Because then there's the seventh yeah. one, the final chapter that just gets lazy. And it's a bummer that it got lazy because it was cool that they brought... um. Robin Hood there back. I'm um, Carrie Elwes. Oh, uh, Ca- Carrie Ellis, yeah. And yeah, the, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, the the Saw movies are, are 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 weird because like they really could have gotten the whole thing. Like the reason people came back every year was, "Oh, we're going to see all the cool new gross traps." Right. So that was like the selling point, but like the people making them really committed to pretending that people cared about the continuity of the Saw movies because it's pretty airtight. And their continuity was convoluted but airtight and it literally started and stopped and intertwined like like 24. You know what I mean? Like it was very much like, oh, if you had watched this thing this random guy did with his hand on the wall in movie number two, we're going to, you know, give you something in movie number six that's going to tie into that. And it's like, wow, you, right. you really did it. So seeing mm-hmm. them seeing them come out, the only one that's really complete hot garbage is the final chapter. The rest of them are, yeah, yeah. the final chapter is just a bad movie. It, it's not yeah. good. And it's that not. that brings me to this newer one. Number one, it's the best looking movie in the entire franchise. I mean, that they hired people that are good visual filmmakers right daybreakers is a hell of a awesome little vampire movie and the sparing yeah, brothers daybreakers is great the sparing brothers made a beautiful looking soft film like it's it's just yeah. a great looking movie also the movie is far less violent than the rest of them 
Yeah, there is was in- also that. Which is interesting being a Saw movie, and I kind of liked that about it in a mm-hmm. weird way. Like, obviously, there's some cool games they're playing, you know, that I think we're far enough away from it that we could spoil a little bit if we had to. So, so spoiler alert. But, um, you yeah. know, they did play some games with, oh, yeah, we didn't show you that kill because it's an important reveal for later kind of stuff. But I liked that they kind of did that and made it more about no, no, this is going to be a cool intertwined story that you have to guess. And they mm-hmm. they kind of did a lot of what M. Night Shyamalan did in his earlier films, like The Sixth Sense, where they went, okay, we're going to make it pretty obvious that we're playing with time here. You know what I mean? But then we're going to have a whole bunch of misinformation and red herrings to make you think we couldn't possibly be doing that. And then yeah. we're, then we're going to hit you with an... I, I saw it with a decent-sized crowd... When Tobin Bell first shows up on screen and the movie plays yeah. the trick on you going, oh, man, is he still alive? People lost their yeah. shit. That's pretty <laughs> impressive 10 years later, right? I mean, right. We, we talked about how the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean film tried to pretend like it had Force Awakens style nostalgia. The Pirates right, of yeah. the Caribbean films have nothing on Saw. Like that audience went nuts when Tobin Bell shows up on fucking mm-hmm. screen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then they're their eventual, hey, this is what's going on all the time, I felt was still pretty airtight. It's kind of a cheat. It, it really is kind of a cheat. Um, it, it, it's more than kind of a cheat. It, it's, but, it's definitely a cheat, but it, 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 it is what it is. But it made for an entertaining movie that I went, you know what? I, I buy what you're trying to do, and it feels like if you're going to reboot this franchise, this is a cute way of doing it. Um, yeah, I don't it, yeah. like I don't like the guy who is the new Jigsaw or whatever. There's nothing to him, <laughs> which was kind of bothersome. <laughs> well, I think I think what bugged me about it was that, you know, for all of this, you know, we're, we're calling it Jigsaw now and it's going to be a thing. I was like, oh, OK, so we're starting over and it's going to be a new thing. But with the way it eventually wraps up without like giving it away or anything, it really does feel like, OK, we want to pick up where the last one left off but the last one was like 10 years ago and we can't get these actors back anymore so right you know what we're building up to is remember how the last one left off with with where this is going and how it could continue forever well now we're gonna remind you of that again and uh, with a different with a different with a different new person that just happened to be part of the the whole game which we were doing a clever thing by having a new person we add every year but 10 years later it just seems a little convenient um, yeah. I do say, though, man, for the later movies kind of going into the more digitally enhanced gore stuff, that final gore effect, it was very yeah, awesome. Yeah, that was cool. That they, Because cool. they, they, those things are real. Those, like, you know, cutting lasers. Yeah. And yeah. Um, to see someone's head get filleted <laughs> was, yeah. was pretty. And have it be a practical, like, you know, like good old fashioned K and B gore effect was, yeah. was, was quite a cool thing. And, and, you know, I mean, like, like I think you said in your review for a saw movie, it's a decent saw movie. Yeah. And that's about all I wanted. And I think, um, you know, it continues that trend of, you know, horror is far less lazy these days. <laughs> if, if this is our throwaway horror movie for the year, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it was, uh, I, I had, I had a good time with it. Uh, you know, it's, it is true that the the saw movie. Well, I think when you're a movie series, once you cross like your fourth or fifth entry, 
you kind of cease to be able to be criticized outside the parameters of your own series. Exactly. You know, it's it's, it's like, uh, even like the Rocky movies, it's impossible to watch the Rocky movies and, you know, and regard them as movies. You, you have to regard them in terms of Rocky movies and by the rules of Rocky movies. So it's like, is it's not just is this a good antagonist? Is is this a great Rocky opponent? Where does he fall on the line between, uh, you know, Tommy Gunn and uh, Apollo Creed? Right. You know, um, or like the James Bond movies. Uh, you know, I just I uh, just got done actually doing a podcast uh, with our, our friends at uh, Cinemaspection about uh, Goldfinger. Oh, we just you know, hung out with them earlier tonight. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, it, and and it's really difficult to. You know, talk about the uh, the James Bond movies as movies as opposed to as James Bond movies. Yes, especially you know, since there's a million of them. Well, like you know, twenty four, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly, they're gonna make Daniel Craig do another one. Yeah, poor Daniel Craig. Oh, he's he's trapped. He looks he's so trapped. tired. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, it could just be that it was a pain in the ass making Spectre, but uh, you know, you because you, you I, really I haven't don't want... seen it. Uh, it's really bad. It's so it, weird because it, Sky... so Skyfall was so good. Skyfall was good. So, like I, like I really liked Skyfall, and then thinking about it afterwards, I was kind of annoyed by it because I realized that they tricked me into being really, really wrapped up into what was essentially James Bond versus not the Joker. Well, true, but. But still, I mean, the the movie is just a classy, well done thing, and I, I I liked it. No, it's good. of Of all of the movies that repurposed the entire script from The Dark Knight, it's the right. best one. It, no, exactly. But um, you know, it, it's a shame too. Even with oh, man, I'm so tired. I'm forgetting the name of that normally awesome director who made that Inspector. Mar- uh, Martin Campbell. No, it wasn't no, Martin uh, Campbell. Oh, oh. Um, no, Martin it's Road Campbell to Perdition. The first, the first Road one. to Perdition. Oh, Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes. You know what I mean? American yeah. Beauty, yeah. right? Uh, and right. so it, it's just interesting to see, man, because is he doing the next one too? So he's kind of stuck, right? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, possibly. I mean, it's a giant payday if he does. Yeah, but I mean, from what I saw from Spectre with the trailers, it just it didn't even like where Skyfall and even the the three Daniel Craig movies before were so full of practical action, you know, and like, like actual stunt work. It, it just, Spectre yeah. just looked like a blue screened computer generated mess to me from the trailers. Yeah. It's also really slow and dull. And, uh, you uh, know, I, I really, I really like Christoph Waltz and, uh, you know, it's unfortunately when he is not, uh, being like directed, you know, when it when it feels like they've hired him just because, oh, no, 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 you're just going to just do that thing that you've done in a bunch of other movies, you know, yeah you get a little sick of it. You know, it's because I just saw uh, Downsizing, which is dog shit. Yeah. Oh, that which didn't sound ter- good. Do- you know, Downsizing is terrible. And uh, unfortunately, it's going to be talked about a lot because it's, you know, people are trying to parse out how they're supposed to feel about a particular character in, in the movie, but... Uh, Christoph Waltz is in that movie, and uh, the movie is shit, and everyone in it kind of sucks on one level or another, but, like, he's in it playing an actual character that is not his normal character, and it's fascinating, and you're and you're suddenly reminded, oh, right, that's why this guy had two Academy Awards, you know, two years after no one having heard of him. 
Yeah, I, I, I love the shit out of that guy. No, he's he's great, but it's like Inspector. It's the exact performance that you're expecting to get from Christoph Waltz, where I'm just going to say my lines and my voice is going to go up and down in different places that you're not expecting them to, but it will, and it will sound fascinating. You know, it's it's, but it's Bob, like that. Bob, he couldn't yeah, resist. He couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. <laughs> couldn't resist. It's I double. It's I double o seven. Author of all your pain. <laughs> And, and you, you were with me, I think, when we were seeing, like, the first trailers for Spectre, and, you know, it's, you know, and they show him, and everyone knew he was going to be Blofeld, you know, like, no one could pretend it, and they have the scene where, like, Daniel Craig holds up the photo that has, like, the, the guy and the kid, and the one kid's head is missing in the photo, and I, and I, and it got to that point, and I literally sat up in my chair, and I went, don't you fucking dare. Yeah. Don't you fucking dare. That will be the most trite bullshit if you actually do that storyline for this. And they do. And yeah. they do. And I'm, I'm glad I missed it. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> cuckoo. Cuckoo. That's an actual, actual dialogue from the movie. Cuckoo, James. Cuckoo. Oh, Jesus. Because cuckoo birds, you know, put yeah. their, their oh, eggs yeah. in the, the oh. nest of the other birds. <sighs> Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened. So that happened. <laughs> oh, was that a Whoa. What? Brain shutting off. Um, I'm back. No, no. No, it's okay. good. Um So then uh yeah. Spectre. So we we yeah. also got um what else has happened in the last couple of months? Oh yeah, they made um uh a Pacific Rim movie, which seems to have, by its trailer, forgotten um, everything that was good about Pacific Rim. Did we talk about that? Well, yeah, uh, the, the trailer for Pacific Rim 2 looks like, it doesn't look bad. It just doesn't it also... look like Pacific Rim. It looks like um, it looks like they brought the CGI people in and said, hey, what if, um, you know, the scale of this movie was that the, 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 the mechs there, um, yeah. you know, are regular sized people <laughs> it is the way they so yeah. it's like it's like watching the power rangers fight you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it could be I mean, awesome it could be awesome you know but it, it does it it just it, doesn't it, the, really they get the scale right yeah. well all well also it's it's very clear that it, it looks like they kind of took the basics of pacific rim and they said okay you know what was kind of interesting about that last one all of the all of the stuff that made Pacific Rim more than generic anime giant robot script, you know, twenty four seven dash B. Yep, is kind of, is kind of like out. So like the that that kind of like you know weird. It's the future. It's the past. Guillermo del Toro aesthetic on things is now gone, and it looks like well, I mean, call it what it is. It it looks like a present day movie set in China because that's the only reason we're getting a sequel to Pacific Rim. Ah, uh, yes, is the four hundred and eighty million dollars it made in China. Yeah, right. Is because is because like you know you know Pacific Rim was a big movie with uh, you know like uh, cult film fans in the West, but uh, in China, Pacific Rim was fucking Star Wars. Yeah. So so it's you know like so the version of this one is hey it's Pacific Rim, but now everyone is a sexy young teenager and the robots are more explicitly color coded and it's all in the daytime and very bright, so it will pop in three D four X in the uh, the 4D theater because that's the only way you can get a big release in China. Yep. And uh so so and you know what maybe it'll be good. Like you know it probably won't be as good as the first one, but maybe it will be like you know a, a passable thing. True. True. Yeah. 
It just does. Uh-huh. It just just doesn't look. It, it looks like it decided to do everything that was wrong with the direction you could go with the first one, and the first one didn't go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but maybe that's just me. Yeah, well, like I'm sure this one will have a love story that pays off rather than not. Mm, that think think think. think. <laughs> yeah, things 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 like that. Maybe, so, maybe a well, know, maybe a well written main character with non generic dialogue. Sorry, Guillermo. <laughs> you know, it, it, I still it's love not, the shit out of that movie. <laughs> yeah, well, no, well, the, like the thing is, one of the things that's interesting about the first one is that it's like you know, it's the you know, like the honest trailer thing, the line that you know, it's like you know, you will see the classic will they or won't they Hollywood love story, where for the first time in film history, they won't, they won't, yeah. <laughs> Which 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 is uh, unique about that movie, you know, and uh, I, I doubt that it will be repeated. <laughs> so so, thinking about Pacific Rim, that brings me to I haven't watched yeah. your review yet because I won't watch it till I see the movie. But you have seen the movie that I want to see more than any movie coming out this year, including Star Wars, in <laughs> in the the Shape of Water. Yes, I have seen the Shape of Water. Um, how is? Great. It's that great. Was great. It's, it's great. great. Oh, yeah. I can't fucking wait. It's great. If you see if if you see one movie, uh if if this is not the best movie about fish fucking you've seen in uh all year, I I don't want to see the rest of your collection. Oh, yes, my varied fish fucking collection. They're they're home <laughs> no, they're homemade, it, Bob. You see, that's 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 how this works. Uh no, it's 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 really it's really goddamn good. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. If, I don't if know you haven't like... if you haven't learned that from this podcast, I have a disgusting obsession with Guillermo del Toro movies. Right. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, it's it's terrific. Uh, I was really into it. It's it's a lot darker than I was expecting, and it's uh, like it it's about the Fishman, but the Fishman is not necessarily as much of the movie as you would expect from from Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> yeah. It he, he like he kind of has about the level of ET's screen presence in ET. Oh, cool! That that's awesome. Yeah. and uh, it's it's you know, uh, un, as of a pace with a lot of his his monster movies is he's really good at you know, you know, staying right with it. It's like yeah, we're we're gonna go full on that the monster is the good guy and whatnot, but uh, this is still a monster and you know basically a wild animal and dangerous. So it's it's shocking in certain scenes in ways that I think that a lot of people are not going to be expecting. Cool. Yeah, so I was uh, I was really into it. Uh and uh yeah, I uh I mean this is the time of year because I'm a professional critic that I end up seeing a lot of stuff early for like awards time. Uh so I've seen uh the, I've seen a few things that I actually cannot mention on here that I've seen. Cool. Because uh yeah, uh, one one thing yeah, I'm hold on you. Yeah. Like, I can tell you I've seen the post. I don't know if I can tell you how the post is, but I've seen I the post. I can't wait for the post. Yeah, yeah. That's um, one That's one I plan to see in the theater. Yeah, and there's uh, yeah, there's at least two other things that I've seen that I'm not allowed to say that I've watched yet. Cool, but, uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll hear about them uh, later on on the next one of these or so. Uh, wait, waiting on Star Wars, of course. Yes, I have a ticket bought for cool. opening day. Cool. Very nice. I have a screening date. I'm not allowed to say when it is, but I have a date. Cool. Yeah. Very and, cool. Uh, indeed. And, uh, oh, shoot. Uh, well, I mean, we're, we're probably heading towards, like, the uh, the, the wrap-up point yet, so do we want to touch on Justice League since we've 
not done one of these while that was out. Sure, we can touch on Justice League in one second. I wanted to say one other funny thing just to just to give Oh sure, pe- sure. To, yeah. No, just to give people an idea of, of how little I have actually seen. Um right. we did Black Friday shopping. And so on Black Friday shopping now the last two years, it's turned into find cheap DVDs that were movies that Chris really wanted to see that he didn't get to see. So my right. my impulse purchases as of not yet been seen films are Logan. Okay. I have that coming to me Christmas morning. Nice. Ba- Baby Driver. Okay, yeah. And Kong Skull Island. Oh, yeah. I, I liked all three of those. And what was the other one? There was one more. Um, I don't remember what the other one was. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, look, look forward to those because they're fun. Yeah, I'm psyched. Nice. I'm psyched. Last year was Kingsman. All right. Yeah, I finally watched that. We talked about that earlier. Had I seen Get Out? Did we talk about Get Out in our last podcast? I think so. I think we did. I finally saw that. No, I I mean, I've said it before, but that that really was as good as everybody said. Um, Please see it. Yeah, that was fantastic. Please see it, everybody. It's probably, it is one of the best movies I saw this year. It's it's fantastic. If you get a chance to like Redbox, you need to see Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky, I think um, I think we may have bought that, too. Oh, yeah, you got to watch that. It's great. <laughs> you got to watch that. That's great. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's move on to um, the movie that I refuse to see. Um, <laughs> now, now, I'm, I'm you, serious you... this time. I tried to skip Batman v Superman and you talked me out of it. And <laughs> I'm skipping this one. God damn it. So you're not you're not going to watch Justice League. I'm so angry. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> Even if the petition goes through and they release the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Oh, I haven't heard about that. There's really probably a Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Because I'd be Uh, interested to see that. No no one really knows seems to be the answer because it's not entirely clear at what point he stopped working on it. Yeah. Like, Like they shot the whole movie. And, like, they shot a complete movie according to the way that it was planned to be, and then he, you know, started to make it into more what the studio wanted it to be after it was clear that Batman v Superman was a terrible mistake, and that they had to course correct somehow, and uh, that eventually he left because of a family tragedy, and uh, yes. Joss Whedon came in to finish, to, to finish up the movie, and... From the from the looks of things, watching the movie, to it almost feels like they they asked Joss Whedon to make a Joss Whedon movie, but like they didn't just let him make one. Like they told him, "No, we know what you do, so we want you to do exactly this." Yeah, and and then they just edited con- Joss Whedon's movie into the other movie. Well, that and they reshot a bunch of stuff. Like, uh, do you give a shit about a spoiler for this movie? No. Okay, well, all of the Superman stuff is reshot. Yeah, like every. Every everything involving Superman in in uh, Justice League has been completely reshot and redone because he has the weird CGI mouth because they couldn't get him to shave his mustache for the reshoots. <laughs> yeah, the mustache and, uh, removal I mean, that cost more than most of the great movies this year. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I've I've been over and over into Batman v Superman and Justice League and whatnot, and I'm about to record more of it tonight. But Jesus, that was. It's not even like a terrible movie. It's just it has this sense of 
inevitability about it where it's just, yeah, all right, let's just get through this. And it's still not even good at that. Right. And no, no, no one knows what's going to happen with this franchise now. And it's, uh, it, it, it has been surreal watching this play out. Right. Yeah. And, uh, who knows, who knows, but right now, yes, there are, uh, supposedly there was enough of the Zack Snyder version, quote unquote, to show as like, uh, preview screenings or a work print and no shit yeah it's uh it's a little uh odd and people are you know demand because you know there, there are the fans that are uh are insisting that no this will uh this will be real and this will be uh i'm sorry i just uh, lost my train of thought that's okay uh you know this will this will be a real thing and okay hold on one two three there's this sense that, oh no, the Zack Snyder version of this must have been good, and therefore, and you know, it'll probably be, like, more interesting than the one they released, but it's not gonna be good, guys. No, exactly, so, I it's, it's, I it's, it's, yeah, ugh. Well, uh, I think we're losing our train of thought enough that, um, yeah, I'll, uh, maybe I'll try to see Justice League by the time we do our next podcast in two weeks, and we can touch on it then. Right, yeah. But um, mm-hmm. with with that in mind, we are going to try to do this more regularly. But um, it it's getting late. We had some technical difficulties at the beginning, so uh, I say uh, I say it's a good point to wrap it up, my friend. Indeed, I should uh, you know, Chris, do you want to uh, let people know about uh, where they can uh, check out more of the show and uh, how to support the show? Oh yes, yes. Sorry, it's been so long since I did one of these. I forgot about self promotion. <laughs> Um, so you can go to uh, my Patreon, um, patreon.com slash the Chippa. That's T-H-E-C-H-I-P-P-A. Um, and hopefully you've either already donated or are thinking about donating. And um, you can also check these things out on my YouTube page, which is also the Chippa. And the Chippa mm-hmm. made this, which is what we're calling. And um, hopefully you enjoy this and the other things that are to come. Um, and, uh, that's about all I got to say about that right now. Um, so much appreciated to everyone that stuck with us. Um, and like I said, we're going to try to get back on track for the, uh, getting a couple of these in a month. So, um, with that in mind, as always, I'm Chris. Mm -hmm. I am Bob. And thank you for coming along with us on the tangent. Have a good night. Indeed. Have a good night.